Take your Bibles and turn to Ruth, Ruth chapter 1. Thank you. Someone thought it'd be funny to share with me uh, eight reasons some preachers are bald. And since I are one, I figured I'd share it with you. And if I could just start with you awake and have the pleasure of putting you to sleep and you're not starting there, then I thought that would be, that might might be all right. Number one, the gleam from their forehead makes them look angelic while preaching. Not sure how true that is, but anyhow. The last hairpiece the piece the preacher had flew off while he was uh, making a particularly forceful plea from the pulpit. The youth group, enough said. The deacons, enough said. I, I didn't say this. This was handed to me, but anyways. Uh, the hoary head is a crown of glory, so they figured gray and bald was even better. Uh, number six, uh, when they repent, they repent. Isaiah 22, 12. Uh, number seven, the doctor said it was the worst case of head lice he had ever seen. <laughs> and number eight, Paul taught that if a man had long hair, it was a, it was a shame unto him. And so they figured that a, a bald would have to really be an honor. Anyhow, uh, Ruth chapter one, when pastor asked me to, to speak tonight, you know, I, I don't speak here that often. I do in Woodburn every week, but not here and so there's a lot I, you know, I, uh, to pull from. And it's like, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? And I had such a hard time with it. But Ruth has always been a, a fun book uh, for me, being a, a, a father of all girls. Growing up, uh, when we would have, or rearing our girls when they were little, uh, our family altar, our family Bible time probably didn't look like most people's and probably not like most pastors. And we didn't sit around the, the table and dad would give a theological discourse of, 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 of doctrines of the Bible so that our girls would become sound in the word. Uh, no, we would act out scripture because, well, you know, they were little girls and princesses and they loved Ruth. And they loved Esther and any, any, any possible story that you could twist it as. There's a princess in the Bible. That was their favorite. And, uh, and so Ruth became a book that probably next to Proverbs and Psalms, when they were growing up, I would read more than probably any other book. Now I find myself really enjoying Philippians and many other books. But Ruth is one that has always uh, been, have, had quite the, the pull on my heart. Are you there in Ruth 1? Have I rambled enough? And uh, uh, if, if it is any consolation, if it makes you feel any better, when, when, when narrowing down which sermon uh, to preach from tonight, uh, all those that had more than 20 pages of type uh, font 10 notes, I threw all of those to the side. I, I made sure it would be shorter and I wouldn't keep you long. Amen. Uh, Ruth chapter 1, if, if you can stand, could you stand? I'll read aloud. You follow along with me. Verses 1 through 13. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. 
The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his uh, sons, Malon and Chilion, uh, Ephrodites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the women, uh, the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law uh, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard uh, that uh, in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way uh, to return unto the land of Judah. Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Uh, and they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, uh, that, that, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Uh, go, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight uh, and should also bear sons. Would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay uh, for them having uh, from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, uh, for it grieveth me much for your sakes uh, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you and I need your help tonight. Lord, we we need to hear from your word and we pray, Lord, that you would teach us what you'd have us to learn. Uh, Lord, I don't think it's an accident that we're here. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would challenge each of us as you know we each need it individually. And Lord, may you speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, as only you can. And we thank you and praise you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to look at the whole book of Ruth. Don't let that spook you. It's only four chapters. It'll be okay. And, and we won't go line by line. Uh, but uh, but I, I do want to look at the whole book if uh, tonight as we studied. As we approach the lives of Naomi and Ruth, <laughs> Ruth, forgive me, uh, we can't help but see the, uh, the uh, negative situations that no doubt led to Naomi's uh, brokenness. She, we, we find her, her saying, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. And she became a very bitter person. And there's a lot that led to that bitterness. There's a lot. It, it, she was broken, completely broken. It, ladies, if, if, I mean, to, to put yourself in her shoes, she's lost her husband. She's lost both of her sons. No wonder she felt broken. No wonder she became bitter. I, 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 I can't imagine what that would be like to lose a spouse and your children. 
and, 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 and to be in a foreign land that you didn't go there to, to live. You didn't sell all and go buy property here. You went to sojourn. You went to visit. Uh, things were bad and the economy was bad. And, 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 and so they went to uh, uh, Moab thinking things will be better. Maybe there's a better paying job. Maybe I can better take care of my family over there. And, 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 and it didn't turn out like they thought it would. And they're hurt. And she's hurt. Uh, when they can no longer, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to criticize someone from a distance until you've been in their shoes. Amen. And uh, when you go through a hard time, sometimes it helps you to see things a little bit differently. And, uh, uh, our, our failures, if we're not careful, will often leave us surrounded by a plethora of distress, discouraged and depressed people and will fit right in. And this is where Naomi found herself. No wonder she wanted to be called Mara. But should you find yourself living in Bitterville, I suggest that you box up your belongings and fill up your truck of trust and get on God's highway of faith, I-316, and head on over to Blessedburg where God has a new home awaiting you. And aren't you glad that when, when things uh, hit us hard and life is down, God's able to pick us back up and get us going in the right direction. And aren't you glad that the highway of faith that we travel as a Christian is, 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 is just just that. It's a highway of faith and we don't always see everything the way it is and we don't always know what God is doing, but we do know that God is in charge and we do know that God makes no mistakes and we do know that it all works out in the end. Amen. If you're saved, that is. I wanted to tell jokes again. I'm putting you to sleep and I haven't got to the message, dear Lord. Uh, oftentimes when you're reading a book, you'll find an asterisk, a little star, and it'll, it'll draw your attention to, 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 to look at something else on the page or why it's there. And we know that God has put his little asterisks all over the, the sky, the stars that draw our attention to the fact there's a creator. And if you were to look at the human body and you were to see all the, all, 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 all the muscles and the sinews, like pulleys just swinging and everything about you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're one of a kind, drawing attention to the creator God who knew what he was doing when he formed you. And aren't we glad that he makes no mistakes? Oswald Chambers said, faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. And you can know and love God who is leading you as well. Peter Kiff said, only in a world where faith is difficult can faith exist. A.W. Tozer said, faith as Paul saw it was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. Tonight, I simply want to take a closer look at the lives of Naomi and Ruth. And Lord willing, we'll leave here encouraged to trust God as we travel our own highway of faith. Understand, there's no two Christians at the same point in their Christian life. You see someone, uh, uh, some other Christian, and, and you think maybe they should be living differently than they are. Understand, they didn't get saved when you got saved. I, I find this interesting as I work often with Christians who've been saved 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And they forget that someone that just got saved has a long way to go to be saved 40, 50, 60 years years. And uh, patience goes a long ways. Amen. And we got to be gracious with one another and give people room to grow and space to grow. Along God's highway of faith, we find Satan's exits of discouragement. God then sends a Ruth who leads us uh, to God's on-ramps of encouragement so that we may find his rest stops of blessing as we journey down I-316. 
I want you to, number one, verse one through five, we see Naomi's exits to discouragements. Naomi's exits to discouragements. The first exit I see is the exit called brokenness. Let's look, uh, look with me, if you will, in verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. Now, it came to pass in the days of the, uh, the, when the judges ruled that there came a famine in the land. So, uh, the, the, they don't have the food they once had. The jobs have gone down. Uh, uh, Elimelech's not ha- bringing, in, bringing home the bacon like he was bringing home before. You ever had a season when maybe money wasn't as, as plentiful as it was before? Any of y'all remember 2020? Amen. And y'all, did, did, did you have a change in job? I work where I work now because of 2020. And uh, I don't mean pastoring. I've done that consistently the whole time. But, but I pastor an English-speaking church in a Spanish-speaking town. And we like to eat too. Can't you tell? And uh, don't all laugh at one time. I worked hard to become a well-balanced man. My bubble is in the middle. And, uh, but y'all are a hard audience. But anyhow... Uh, uh, I was working a job. I was getting 60 hours a week. And then all of a sudden I go three months and I only get 40 hours. I still worked all the way through, but, but, but my savings went like, it was gone in three months. And, uh, and so I, I, I had a job change. I went from working Mathis and Trigas to Republic Service. And my wife says, honey, what are you doing? I'm like, I need to do this. Trust me, this, this will be good. And, and God had everything planned out. I took a dollar plus an hour pay cut, but I got more hours. God's made up for that since, and I'm grateful for it. But that's kind of what happened here. He, he, uh, the economy went down. He, he lost the income. They lost the food. And they go to a new, a new land just to visit, just to, to get things going. And things weren't working. And we find the first thing is that Naomi's road to her, her off-ramps, if you will, exits to discouragements was first broke. She was broken when her husband died and her sons died. And then we look at verse 11 to 13. Naomi said, turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that uh, they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, uh, if I should have a husband also tonight, would you also go? She, she went from brokenness to blaming God. Because in verse 13, we find her, she said, uh, uh, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. God did this to me. This is God's fault we're going through this. You ever think that maybe sometimes Yes, God is the reason you're going through a hard time, but it's to make you better, not to make you bitter. And then maybe God had in mind something better for you, but he knew you would never seek it out. You would never come to it unless he took away what you were holding on to. And it is the furnace of affliction where God chooses his choicest servants. It's not the palace of pleasure and plenty but the furnace of affliction. Sometimes God says, I need to get your attention and all you can see is, is the dollar sign and all you can see is this job has this promotion, but I've got something better than that for you. But in order to get you to that, I got to take that away from you. Yes, God did cause it Naomi, but it wasn't for bad. It was for good. But Naomi couldn't see it and she becomes broken and 
Now we look at verse 20 and 21 and we see she becomes bitter. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Uh, why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, the Almighty hath afflicted me. God did this to me. I can't believe this happened. He's mad at me and she was very bitter. But she didn't start there. She was broken first. She was broken. And that brokenness went to blaming. And the blaming made her very bitter. One day John Wesley was walking with a troubled man who expressed his doubt as to the goodness of God. He said, I, I do not know what I shall do with all this worry and trouble. At the same moment, Wesley saw a, a, a cow looking over a stone wall. Do you know, asked Wesley, why the cow is looking over the wall? No, said the man who was worried. Wesley said, the cow is looking over the wall because she cannot see through it. That is, is what you must do with your wall of trouble. Look over it to avoid it. Faith enables you to look past the circumstance and focus on Christ. Oswald Chambers said, leave the broken, irreversible past in God's hand and step out into the invincible future with him. God's got greater things for you than the brokenness that you may find yourself in. Warren Worsby said, the safest place in all the world is in the will of God and the safest protection in the world is in the name of God. Number two, we go from Naomi's uh, off her exits of discouragement to Ruth's on ramps of encouragement. Oftentimes, when you're when we're traveling this highway of faith and we're trying to grow in the Christian life and we're trying to live for God and do things right and we don't always understand all that's going on, it's easy to take the detour of discouragement. It's easy to get off that highway and and, and, and when when we're broken. And then start blaming people and then become very bitter. But now we see Ruth is going to pull her back on. And Ruth's going to get her to see what she couldn't see. And, and, and I kind of marvel, how in the world did Ruth see anything encouraging in Naomi? And yet somehow she did. Did you know that even at your lowest point as a Christian, there's still something in you that inspires those who are lost? Amen. Even when you think there's nothing good about you, someone says... Man, she doesn't know how good she's got it. The goodness of God is not always uh, uh, expressed in material blessings. Let's look, look with me, if, we, if you will, at verse 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Look at that next phrase. But Ruth clave unto her. Ruth clave under her. In other words, Ruth hugged her so tight she couldn't let go. You ever hug someone so tight you just can't let go? You ever been hugged so tight and thought, I wish you would let go? <laughs> when we dropped off Audrey for college, I didn't think Mindy was ever going to let go. I'm like, honey, we've got to let her grow up. Cut the apron string. We have a plane to catch. You got to let go. And she just, we're just not letting go. And then finally she let go and Audrey came and gave me a hug and Audrey didn't want to let me let, 
she didn't want to let me go. And uh, I'm thinking, uh, I, I, I don't want to buy another plane ticket. I mean, come on, we, we got a schedule to keep here. But, but, but she, Ruth clave unto her and would not let her go. You ladies ever had a, been through a rough season and then that one lady in your life comes along and she gives you a hug and you melt like butter? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I, I, I live in a house, well, I would say full of women. There's only three of us. It's amazing. There's peanut butter in the cupboard right now. That means nothing to you. If, 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 but when you've had eight girls in the house at one time for a long time, there's a guy, he runs a 7-Eleven, his name is Abib. He knows me. He lets me use the bathroom. But uh, not really. Man, y'all, this is hard. Smile, will you? Let, you know, anyhow. Like, if you'll shut up and get done, we will. But okay, well, Ruth unwraps up encouragement. First, I want you to see the unchanging love for Naomi in verse 14. D.L. Moody says, faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. It's a lot easier to do what's hard when you love someone. It's a lot easier to do what's hard when you love the one who's trying to encourage you to do it. Let, let it be. I see the unrelentless determination to stay with Naomi. Look with me at verse 16 and 17. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. What a powerful, powerful statement. Naomi, I know you feel like God's been bitter. He's broken you. I, I know you feel bitter. I, I know you, but you shouldn't be alone. And, and I've seen something in you from marrying your son and coming in your family. And, and, and I want what you got. And you, you may not see it, but, but I see it. And, and, and I'm with you till death do us part. Ladies, you have a daughter-in-law like that. You have a rare gem. Amen. And she will encourage you and she will put a smile on your face like, like none other. And that is what Ruth did. Helen Keller said, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I, can, uh, I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. If a blind person can make that statement, then maybe we who can see with our eyes should be able to make the same one. Let us see. I see an unwavering belief in Naomi's God. Uh, again, in verse 16 and 17, what a powerful statement. Thy God will be my God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. I trust you. D.L. Moody said, David was the last one we would have chosen to fight the giant, but he was chosen of God. God chose him. The first two Scottish missionaries sent to the new uh, 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 Hebrides Islands were killed and eaten by cannibals uh, on the day that they arrived. What is short mission work? It's hard to get people to sign up to go win these lost cannibals to Christ when the last two that went made it one day before they were eaten alive. And yet still, John G. Patton was called of God to go and no one could dissuade him. One man in the church said, no, don't do it. You do it. The, the cannibals will eat you alive. You won't make it. 
he said, well, if I'm eaten by cannibals or I'm eaten by worms, just so long as I'm serving God up until that point is fine with me. And he lived for God, amen. After 15 years of fruitful ministry, almost everyone on the island of Anawana were, uh, were patent ministered, were converted and became Christians. What a determination. And God used him. Serving God is not a guarantee of an easy life, but we are called to a life of service, even if it means uh, giving up everything. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will, uh, will come after me, uh, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And Jesus is pleading for people to follow him uh, as he was with his disciples, so he is with us today. Number three, we're making good time. Does this help you? Dear Lord, we are making good time. 742. I'm not going to say this will be a record for me because I'll knock on wood and I'll have so many rabbit trails that it won't be funny and we'll be here forever and, and you'll call me Brother Pharaoh because he doesn't let God's people go. But anyways. Number three, God's rest stops of blessings. And aren't you glad on, on the highway of faith? Yes, there are exits and detours of discouragement. Yes, there's on-ramps of encouragement, but there's rest. You, you, you ever take a, a trip with a family and needed a rest stop because you heard this statement all the time from the back? Are we there yet? How much longer? Oh, here's one. Daddy, I gotta go. Come on, families. Don't tell me that my family is the only one that hears those statements from the back of the van. Daddy, I gotta go. I'm thinking, uh, w- w- when we lived in Kansas and you're on the highway, there's like nowhere, there are no exits. You just drive and drive and drive. And, and, and if you pass a rest stop, it can be a hundred miles before you see another one. So you get creative. Let's get back to the scripture. I told you my rabbit trails have rabbit trails, but anyhow. Corey Timboon said, faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, receives the impossible. Andrew Murray said, faith expects from God what is beyond all expectation. Letter A, that the first uh, rest stop of God's blessing, I see are physical provisions provided. Look at chapter two, and we'll see verses eight through 12. Here we find Boaz coming to Ruth, and uh, uh, then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou, uh, 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 hearest thou not, uh, my daughter, uh, go not to glean in any other field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my, my maidens. And, and we find here that, that, uh, uh, the, the, if, uh, just for a little context, the, the, what do we call it here in America? The welfare system. The, the welfare system for taking care of people that didn't have funds was not we give you money or we give you a card and you go buy groceries. It was you could go to the field and, and then you could, you, you could reap behind the, the farmers. They would leave the corners of the field untouched. And if they dropped anything on the ground, they couldn't pick it up. So that if someone needed food, they would go behind the, the gleaners and they would pick up what was dropped on the ground and they would, they would get all the corners and then they could take that food home and they would have food. So they kind of earned their keep, if you will, but, uh, but, but, but it allowed them to have something to eat. And so when Naomi goes back to, uh, uh, pardon me, when, uh, to Bethlehem Judah and Ruth goes with her, they're hungry. 
Now, they still have the homestead that Naomi and, and Elimelech had, his, his inheritance, if you will. It was still his. It was still hers. And, uh, but they didn't have any food. And so Ruth, she's younger. Naomi's older by now and doesn't have the strength or the health to go glean anywhere. And, and they haven't been there, so they haven't planted any fields. They haven't grown any crop. They don't, they don't, they're not going to Safeway or Fred Meyer or Winco or anywhere. And so Ruth says, let me go glean. And she happens to glean upon a field by a near kinsman. She doesn't know it. And, uh, uh, and then the man who owns the field sees her. Whoa. That's what he said. You know what Adam said when God brought Eve? He said, whoa, man. Woo. Come on, y'all. Y'all c- help me out. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and he sees her, he takes notice of her, he says, who is that young lady? He finds out who she is. He finds out that, that she's a Moabite who's come back with Naomi and is taking care of Naomi. And, and his antennas go up. Not only is she beautiful, not only is she attractive, but man, she is, she, she's one wonderful lady. She's taking care of her mother-in-law. Who does that? Well, Ruth does. And, 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 and Naomi, uh, uh, and Boaz, when he sees her, he, he says, I, I, I want you to make sure that, that you only glean in my field. Don't go anywhere else. I'm going to make sure that, that all, that all of my farmers, all of my workers know to, to, to leave extra for you. And, and, and as we find in, in, in the book of Ruth, he instructed them to drop handfuls on purpose so that she could go behind and, easily pick up handfuls. She comes home that night with a whole bunch of food and her mom and and Naomi's like, where did you get all of that? Oh, I got all of this in the field of a man by the name of Boaz. And right now, Naomi's mind is, ladies, you know how your mind goes when your kids are in the dating age and you're playing matchmaker? Don't tell me I only know one woman like this because I know more than one. But I I know one really well like this. And, and uh, uh, whenever the kids are the dating age and, and, and Naomi's antenna goes up, oh, boys, he's, he's a near kinsman. Oh, this is awesome. Stay there. Go there tomorrow. Don't go anywhere else but there. Oh, Ruth's going to get married. And Ruth's like, I just went to get food, Mom. <laughs> and Naomi's wheels are turning and they're spinning and Ruth is going there and we find this amazing thing that Physical provisions were provided when they stopped at God's rest stop of blessing. Uh, chapter 2, verse 14 through 18 continue to teach us that. We look at verse 20 through 23 and we see the partnership of kindness. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off this kindness to the living of the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our our next kinsman and Ruth the Moabite said, uh, he said unto me also thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Naomi and, and Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, uh, uh, that they uh, meet thee not in any other field. And so she kept there. It's an amazing thing when, when you go through the, the book of Ruth and this amazing, beautiful love story that's taking place. If we were to go to Matthew chapter one, we would find that in the lineage of Jesus Christ is this young girl from a Gentile nation named Ruth. We'll find 
There's a lady who wasn't a Jew who lived in a city known as Jericho who hid two spies whose name was Rahab. And Rahab was Boaz's mother. Beautiful story. It's amazing how God puts faith in the unlikely and then lets the whole world see that he loves everyone. Aren't you glad he loves you too? Chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, we see the promised redemption. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid. He turned himself and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Why? Because Naomi told Ruth to go there. And he said, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, and, uh, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, blessed be the Lord uh, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast shewed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as uh, thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman." And now it is true that I am uh, thy near kinsman. Howbeit there's a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night and it shall be in the morning that if he perform uh, unto thee the part of the kinsman, well, let him uh, do, uh, uh, do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of the kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth. Uh, lie down until the morning. The promised redemption. And we have Boaz and he says to Ruth, he says, there is a kinsman nearer than I. They had a weird uh, tradition, if you will, uh, to where uh, if, if, when we read the, 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 the rest of, of, of the book, we find there, that he goes to the nearest kinsman there in the gates and says, uh, uh, would you like to buy the inheritance of Elimelech? Well, yeah, I'd like to do that. But, oh, but if you do that, you have to marry Ruth. And you have to forfeit that inheritance to your children. It has to go to the, the, off, the offspring of Elimelech, Ruth's children. They, it, it can't be your current children. Well, I can't do that then. And so he takes off his shoe. It's a weird thing, you know, to take off the shoe. But, 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 but they go through all of that. And then that lets Boaz know that he can perform the duty of the near kinsman which is what Ruth wanted. It's what Naomi wanted. Ultimately, it's what God wanted. And so we have that promised redemption. We look down at chapter four, verse nine, and we see the peaceful reality. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, ye are witness this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, so that sets up Naomi for the rest of her life. She doesn't, She's not begging for anything. She's not on the street corner with a sign. She doesn't have to glean in any field because Boaz paid for it. He bought everything at the hand of Naomi. Naomi got the money. She could live on that the rest of her life. Moreover, Ruth the, Mo, the, the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place, ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord made uh, uh, make the woman uh, that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, uh, which too did build the house of Israel and to do 
worthily in, in effort and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. Now that's a whole other message there. We won't go into it. But what, but just a side note, what an amazing thing to where 400 years after someone has lived and died, that the common phrase when they would say, may God bless your marriage, may uh, this be a, a, may you have a beautiful family. The phrase that was common they would use, they would say, let thy house be like the house of Pharaoh's. Pharaoh's must have been one amazing guy. He must have had an amazing wife, had an amazing family. I wonder who taught him how to, sorry, it's a rabbit trail with a rabbit trail. That's a whole nother message. Just a side note. Pharaoh is one of the twins born to Tamar, if you, if, if you, if you know your Bible, to um, uh, Judah uh, when uh, her first two husbands, Judah's oldest two sons, died and she played the harlot and uh, Judah's wife dies and he uh, hooks up with Tamar unknowing to him. And she has two twins. In other words, who taught Pharaoh how to have a good family? Was it one of his Grandmothers who hated each other so much they fought in the house. Was it his? It, it, if you want to have a good family, you can have a good family no matter what your background. Amen. No matter what your background, no matter what your past, no matter what your your, your, your decisions up until this point, you want to have a good home. You can have a good home if you choose to. Anyways, getting back to Ruth, there's so much in the book of Ruth. Letter E, and we're almost done. You're like, you said that a long time ago. I know. I told you, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't make any promises. A praiseful celebration. Look at verse 13 through 17, chapter 4. I know. This is like almost all scripture and hardly any commentary. But anyhow, it's really good. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her uh, a conception and she bare his son. And the woman said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And it shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age uh, for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than, t- than, than seven sons hath borne him. Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became a nurse unto it. Unto it. And the and the women, uh, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, uh, "There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is a father of Jesse, the father of David. King David. See, so uh, that would be Ruth would be his great grandmother. Is that am I getting it right? Great great grandmother. Sorry, two greats there. And uh, uh, King David." Uh, and is a lot what, what was born and was alive because a young Moabitess lady said to her mother-in-law, I'm going to go with you. I, I know you're bitter. I know you're broken. I, 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 know, I know you've been dealt uh, uh, the, the short straw and the, the short stick and, 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 a, and a bad lot in life. But I, I believe in you. I believe in your God. And I'm with you. And I'm going with you. And God's got something. And God did have something. Jim Elliot, I love what he said, famous missionary, he said, God always gives his best. Are you ready? For those who leave the choice with him. With him. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. 
I close with this. When Hudson Taylor was sailing to China to begin his missionary work, his ship was in great danger. The wind had died down and their ship was, was, was on course for an, uh, a bunch of reefs that had sunk in many other ships by an island uh, that was filled with cannibals. They were building fires. They saw the ship coming. They were hungry and they saw people on the ship. Uh, the captain said to me, to Hudson Taylor, that is, he said, well, we've done everything that we can do and that can be done. A thought occurred to me and, and I replied, no, there's one thing we haven't done yet. So what's that? We haven't prayed. And the captain said, you haven't prayed. What, what, what do you mean? And Hudson Taylor got on his knees and began to pray. And all of a sudden uh, he, he looks up from his knees. He said, captain, set the sails. He said, but there's no wind. He said, it's coming, set the sails. And he got down and began to pray again. And the wind came and it pushed the ship away and they were never made it to the cannibals and they made it to China where they intended to go. He said, thus God encouraged me ere landing on China's shores to bring every variety of need to him in prayer and expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and give help uh, each when each emergency required. If you're a Naomi and you've been through a rough time, can I say hang in there? God's got a Ruth coming to you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Maybe God wants you to be a Ruth. Can you think of a Naomi who needs encouragement? Can you think of someone that you could encourage? I mean, after all, what's the point of reading about Ruth and Naomi if we can't apply it to our life today? If you're a Naomi, hang in there. God knows what he's doing. He may have been the one to order your steps to put you where you are, but it may be he has something far better than you could ever imagine. And he had to take away what you were holding on to so that you would trust him again. And if you're a Ruth, what a wonderful thing it would be to be the one who encouraged someone who needed encouragement at the very time they needed it most. If not, why don't we ask God who we can encourage and whom he will lead us to, to help. I love this story and I love the book so much. Not only is it a beautiful uh, love story that my girls loved to act out when they were little, and, uh, but, but, but the, the application, because the longer I live, the more I find that everyone needs encouragement. And the longer I live and the more people I try to help, the more, the more I realize that God puts people across our paths on purpose all the time to encourage them. If we just listen to that soft, still, small voice, we would and obey it. It'd be amazing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I love you and I need your help. God, we all do. Lord, I don't know who's feels broken, who feels alone. I don't know who's going through the roughest of times. But Holy Spirit, you do. And I pray that you would encourage them at this time. Lord, I don't know uh, who it is that maybe uh, could be a Ruth, even a male version of a Ruth who could encourage someone who's going through a rough time to, to, to keep on living for you. I wonder who in our family, Thanksgiving is coming 
We'll sit around the table with people maybe we haven't seen for a while. But maybe our loved ones need a Ruth. Every family needs a Ruth to encourage them. Maybe there's a Ruth who needs a Boaz to encourage her. Lord, I don't know the case, but God, you do. As a piano plays, what is it God's speaking to you about? Maybe, maybe you, it'd be a good time to come to an old-fashioned altar and say, God, would you please lay on my heart someone to encourage, someone to be a Ruth to? If you're in Naomi, it'd be a good time to come to an old-fashioned altar and say, God, I need you. I need to believe again. I need to trust you. I need to get back on the highway of faith. I've, I've been living in Bitterville too long. I need, to, I, I, I need to move over to Blessedburg. God, I need your help. Let's stand to our feet. If God's calling you, will you come? If God's calling you, will you come? If not, why don't we just pray where we're at and say, God, I need your help. God, help me. Help me to be the, the best Ruth I can be. Help me to be an encouragement. Maybe God's calling you to be a Boaz, sir. To encourage a family that needs encouragement. He's blessed you enough to be a blessing to others. We didn't touch on it, but, but maybe God wants to use you in that way. Would you consider letting God use you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we sure do love you and we thank you so much. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your, your, your precious word, Lord. It's always true and it's always right and it's always relative, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you would be with us as we go our separate, separate way. I pray you'd give us rest before we get up to go to work. And Lord, I pray that you would use us to be a shining light for you in our world, no matter where we work, no matter where we go to school, may we encourage someone uh, and point someone to you uh, tomorrow, Lord, uh, this week, Lord. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Brother Colby, do we have a video? No? You are dismissed. God bless you.